is this the tightest competition that we've seen for Girls Aloud so far? Mm. Pretty straightforward for Liam last week. Nothing was getting past Girls Aloud as a series winner. And likewise for Scott, Girls Aloud for a 12th week at the top. Welcome to the Naughtiest Naughty Podcast. Scott and Liam here going through every single top 10 single of the Naughties decade because I think we all agree it was the best for mm. naughty mm. pop music. And yeah, we're going through week by week, looking at every single top 10 and on a week by week basis, asking you and choosing ourselves the best one of the week. And then that goes head to head with our ongoing series winner. So it is Girls Aloud versus Girls Aloud as it stands. It is, yeah. Um, I had loads of Girls Aloud in my ear today. I've had loads for the last few weeks since okay. we had that choice of no good advice versus... Sounded underground. Well, I had that and you had Rocky Body, didn't you? Yeah. Which is still baffling. But So how much have you listened to Lisa Scott Lee in the last few weeks? Not as much as the first week, mm-hmm. but I did listen to it yesterday. Did you? Yeah. Okay. I feel like I told somebody about it. I feel like I told someone about it. Spreading the good word, spreading the good good gospel. Yeah, maybe. We mm-hmm. have to, we have to. It didn't, it didn't get its flowers in the day, no. but if we 19 years later can big it up and get it back to number one where it yeah. should have been, then we'll do that. Is Lisa our best friend yet? Uh, I think we're getting there. Cool. We're making strides. Sweet Caroline. Still haven't slid in the DMs yet, but I'm planning to. I'm planning to. Uh, we've got this episode. We've got one more episode next week, and we're taking a break for Christmas. Yeah. I might then try and hit up Lisa and be like, yo. Yo, Lisa. Ho, ho, ho. It's Liam. <laughs> oh, yeah. Want to chat, babe? I'm the sixth step. <laughs> <laughs> You're more of an alcoholic than an actual member of Steps. So that's, your, that's your six steps. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's true, actually. No, you know what? This year, I've not drank that. No, actually, I have. Doesn't matter. We'll just, we'll just get get on with the pop shoes. <laughs> we'll get on with the pop music. Uh, what's coming up today on the twelfth episode of Series Four? Well, Christina Aguilera is back in the ring. DJ Sammy ushers in the summer, and Danny Minogue gets into the groove. Plus, gone so soon. The end of the road for One True Voice. The final appearance of Electric Six and podcast debuts for Evanescence, Amy Stutt, and B2K. But first. This is the week of the 8th of June 2003. Two massive bits of TV news for you this week. Channel 4 announced that Brookside was going to finish later oh, this year. Oh, yeah. Going for the bevy down, Bob Yeah. That's what I remember. Chicken McFlurry. Um, yeah, Brookside got blown. <laughs> Chicken McFlurry. <laughs> it's saying a Scouse accent. Chicken McFlurry. It's great, isn't it? Yeah, great. Yeah. Uh, yes, boss. That's a good Scouse word, boss. I've got a friend who's been there this, this week for a gig and he just texted me saying, like, I love how much they say the word boss. Yeah. Boss. Yeah, because our, our friend Nathan doesn't say boss no, ever anymore. Know. Has he been northeast out? I think so. Yeah. But when I first met him, he said to me, this is totally nobody knows. Well, people, people shouldn't know who Nathan is. He, he runs your radio station. He's yeah, got yeah. a show on Spark and he's on radio station Liverpool as well. So yeah, Nathan's a real thing. I'm just saying, just for us. Um, when I first met Nathan, he said to me, where do you think I'm from? And I said, like, Lancashire. And I was kind of right. Did you? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Because he isn't like broad boss scouts. No. I would say he was eloquent scouse. Yeah. And then that's kind of evolved a little bit, but yeah, but yeah, he he's always said that people think he has a Lancashire accent, but uh, I yeah. just clear as day here Liverpoolian. I don't. Know. I said like Blackburn, Burnley sort of way. See, I can I think Jordan North's way more Lancashire. Yeah. I don't think he sounds anything like Jordan. That's so weird. No, it's, yeah. it's it's a it's a wide wide world, isn't it? It is. Yeah, it takes all sorts to make a world. So Brookside was going to end later. The air oh. got blown up, didn't it? It did. I remember Brookside. Um, I did watch it every so often. I kind of enjoyed it at certain points. I think one of the lead characters or one of the ones that I remembered and fancied might be in another soap now. What would she be in? 
Uh, she might be in Hollyoaks. Can't remember what her name was. Makes sense. But yeah, I think she's in Hollyoaks. And we're doing somebody who was on Brookside on the podcast next week. Are we? Jennifer Or in the next few weeks. Jennifer Ellison, yeah. Ugh, baby, I don't care. Yeah. Uh, So that happened. And also Price Drop TV launched, which if you had Freeview back in the day and you were off school and you could sit and watch people, you know, jump around going, I've got handbags. It was a tenner. Now it's a fiver. Oh my God. Now it's only a pound. That sort of thing. Yeah, I've kind of been there with bingo TV that I used to present on at one point what? in life. Have we not discussed I this? I don't think we have. You don't know I did bingo TV? I don't think I did. In an industrial estate in Newcastle upon time <laughs> for £10 an hour. <laughs> hey, don't knock it. £10 an hour, I'll take that. It was okay at the time. So, so like, tell me more, what's this? It was hard going. It was difficult. So I went into this like <laughs> warehouse and um, you, there was two of you paired up and you did a 12-hour shift and you took an hour at a time to present hours. on these bingo channels. Mm. But the bingo channels were networked so you could log on. I don't even know how it works. You could log on like say five or six different sites and what would happen is the game would happen and then it would cut to say it was me and then what would happen is I'd play a game with you in the chat feed and you could right. win a prize and I was in front of a green screen and that green screen depending on what platform you were watching on would be branded depending on what site you're on mm-hmm. um, and yeah so I would like play games on green screen and chat to people and get to know people and things like that through this this little strange bingo TV channel Gosh. yeah hi so you weren't reading out the balls I wasn't reading out the balls no, no the, 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 the round ended and then it cut to me and then I would do that and then for the, the next hour I would tech up it like uh-huh. technically operate that while somebody else hosted it because it was really 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 exhaustive and then it would cut back to me and you would do that I would like do something like six limbs an hour yeah. or six shows per <clears throat> per day or something it was yeah pretty pretty difficult Gosh. one woman used to love to tell me that she was having uh, a breast replacement at some point she had breast cancer and she would um, describe where she'd got the chicken fillet that was currently filling her bra from oh, right. and then eventually she got the actual operation and it was like in the forums we're like hey you've got your boob it was great nice yeah, yeah it was good you go on a journey with these people don't you it's the same like oh, in, you do. In, in radio too like you 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 have certain long-time listeners, regular contributors who yep. you kind of become part of their lives, don't you? You do. It's so strange. But you can't yeah. underestimate how powerful radio is. Nah, or you bingo TV. Or bingo TV. You yeah. Maybe with that bingo experience, you could have been on Price Drop TV. Yeah, I could have like, been. I've got these teapots for I didn't 100 like quid. It. And you're like, oh no, now they're 70 quid. Yeah, no, I didn't. I, I never really liked it, to be fair. Mm. Um, how long did you do it for? I don't even know, to be fair. I think one of the girls I did it with, Shelley, still does loads of different stuff all of the time but it was a bit it was a bit like wannabe-ish you know what I mean it was a bit like any if you think of like the boy band and girl band rejects of yesteryear and people desperate to be famous it was Mm -hmm. that whereas I got asked from a favour from somebody I worked with (laughs) because somebody they used to work with owned the company yeah and he's like do you know anybody good and I was like I'll go and give it a go and a few of us give it a go and then I was the one that got the shifts wasn't for long you're talking months it was so tiring for 10 quid an hour it was just it was hard going blooming heck you could have been, I don't know, like, you, could, you could have like, your own like, light entertainment Saturday night show on BBC One by now if you'd stuck with it. I always wanted to present a game show. Yeah. I would never, And this is the thing I've always said, I won't go on a game show because I'd never want to be the contestant. I would want to mm. be the host. You'd be sitting there picking away at Bradley Walsh going like, yeah, I wouldn't do it like that myself. Yeah, uh, he's got more personality than me. He can pull, up, pull it off a bit unless they're just really good at the edit. I think they're good at the edit, yeah. personally. Okay. I do. Um, album chart-wise, new number one this week was Stereophonics, with Ooh. you got to go there to come back. We've got another Stereophonics track in the next few weeks, another single. Uh, S Club's Greatest Hits, number two. Mm. We've said farewell to them in the singles chart, still having a bit of an album success, as everyone remembers the good times, which are now gone. 
Sorry, guys. And a new number three from Metallica was St. Anger. We'll talk in a great detail about this next week because it's it's kind of seen as one of the most notorious bad albums of all time. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. There's a lot, a lot of drama. Let's get to the first legitimate UK number one in a month because the last month of number ones just haven't happened. Yeah. Didn't didn't exist. Nope. Just didn't decide to do one. No. Nope. Just thought, you know what, number two, that'll be the, the best one of the month. And number one will just be like number zero. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. This one is a real deal and it is number one for a full month. Oh. It's Evanescence with Bring Me to Life. This is a bit of a new metal and goth metal crossover. It's the debut single off the debut album Fallen. I always loved this immediately from the first note. Same. I love the eeriness in it. There's the first drop and you're like, wow, that's a great drop. And then you get the second drop into the chorus. And you're like, wow, that's an even better drop. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So good. I just generally, I really like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've had a lot of rap rock slash new metal before. Yeah. It's come in all sorts of different flavors. It's been the sour taste in your mouth Limp Bizkit stuff. Yeah. It's been the actually making an interesting point about life, like System of Down and Papa Roach side mm-hmm. of things. And then here, it's kind of a really sort of self-professing, confessional cry for help from a woman Yep, in rap rock. Uh-huh. Like she isn't doing the, ra- the rapping of the rap rock. No. And they've had to enlist a, a male rap rocker to become part of the ensemble, which was kind of against their wishes. All oh, right. They were told by the label that they wanted to put a, a, a regular rap rock person into the band to do to make it more of a new metal thing. And as a compromise, because they did not want that at all, they put a guest on here. Mm, interesting. But like, could th- could this be what it was without that male voice? I don't know. Call and response thing. But this is a question I have about Aqua as well. Mm. So actually, funnily enough, somebody. Made made that point. They said like it was freaky trigger. They said it, they compared the vocal combination of man and woman to a more angstful, more serious aqua. That's so weird. So I've been doing Doctor Jones, Candyman, Lollipop, and Barbie mm-hmm. Girl all week with my little boy, and we got into a system where he can do Doctor Jones doing that. Doctor Jones, Jones, <laughs> calling Doctor Jones, Doctor Jones, Doctor Jones, wake up, no, get up. Now that's are you, me. Are you doing the get up now, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I do the get up noise, and I do all of the guy bits, and then um, whenever it goes a yippee i u a yippee i a, we both kind of sing that. And he giggles away, um, but I wonder if that could work with Evanescence. So wake me up. Maybe That's we it, try yeah. that. Should we give that bit to Felix, or will I take that bit? I think he could probably do a bit of both. He could probably do frozen inside. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, we could pull this off. Wake me up inside. Is it a bit? Yeah. Is it a bit scary? To I've it's very it, scary. I've let him watch Home Alone already, so you know he wow. he he dealt with the scary neighbor salt in the path. He was grand. Yeah. So this might work for him. He's a brave boy. He's I did like, boy. I just told him everybody else was being really judgmental and he's a lovely old man. So he wasn't scared. And at the end he went, that wasn't scary at all. <laughs> That's clever. Yeah. yeah. Exorcist next. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe, you maybe a scary movie. You. you wouldn't even watch Exorcist. Your mom's in here. Would you like to send her a message? <laughs> yeah, get out of there, mom. <laughs> <laughs> You're no fun. <laughs> Have you seen that? No. Oh, it's such a funny scene. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, yeah, this uh, my, my dad loved this back in the day. It's probably through him that I found out about it because like seven-year-old Liam wasn't necessarily watching a lot of 
like Kerrang TV or whatever the I think MTV2 was the kind of the the channel for that. I didn't have all these channels though. I think I just saw bits and pieces here and there. But um yeah, my dad saw these live I think and he wasn't that impressed. Oh. Um which is a shame and it kind of left a bit of like whenever I talked about them now he's a bit like mm-hmm. But this song, I mean they have I think have one more top 10 and they they're very much here for a good time not for a long time in terms oh. of like the mainstream. Yeah. But like they're still a big band in this scene. They're still a big band in their like town where they're from, sort of thing, and um, they'll always have this massive, massive hit. I think the influence from this has to be felt, like Paramore, as, a, as, an, as an immediate one. Like Haley yep. Williams and, and Amy Lee have a very similar kind of mm-hmm. massive vocal range that they can pull off, like, but, but like a really beautiful vocal range that like juxtaposes the male screaming like beautifully. Yeah. No, I do like it. I think that I kind of think it's timeless. I think it's got a lovely bridge, and I think that you can play with it. You know, you could actually do a parody where you just change the word "save me" to "shave me," <laughs> and you could like have a bit of fun with it. Totally. Do you ever have I ever experienced this in karaoke? It'll be a great. I've got this. It'd be a great yeah. duet karaoke song yeah. in like a rock bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think this would be good. I like it. I don't. I can't find any flaws with it at all. I'm not looking for flaws with it because generally I've. I like it. Good memories to it. I think it's great musically video wise did you watch the video yeah and I knew the video inside out did you well it's so weird because when the video starts I'm like this very much starts like Spice World on a spice up your life yeah spice <laughs> up your life it's that uh, the alternative world thing that it zooms in on and then eventually it evolves out to the windowsill yeah um, and the window ledge that she's on but actually the first 10 seconds of it really has spice world vibes or mm. spice up your life vibes strange gosh mm. mm-hmm. the um, the video's got over a billion views on YouTube I bet over a billion mm-hmm. um, with this track they became the first pop group since No Doubt to feature a female singer in an otherwise male band and have a massive massive hit both wow. here and in the UK God. It was in the film Daredevil, featuring Ben Affleck, although I think he'd rather forget that actually happened, because oh, really? it was like critically panned, but people remember it for that reason. The singer is from a band called 12 Stones, he's called Paul McCoy. Uh, the Village Voice in their review at the time called uh, him Passing 12 Kidney Stones guest vocals. Oh, yuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, double platinum in the UK, three times platinum in the US, number five on the billboard, uh, the last gu- guitar-driven track to spend a month at number one uh, until Olivia Rodrigo last year was good for you. Oh, wow. The story behind it's interesting as well have you have you read anything about where this came about and why why it's what it is basically a kind of it was more my interpretation of it was that they hadn't opened their eyes and saw what they were missing out on in life yeah kind of so amy lee's friend josh who's since become her husband isn't that nice she said she said that he one day just saw that she was in a bad place and said um so are you happy and she realised that she'd been like kind of in a really bad place and putting on a, a front of it, but she was kind of dead inside. So the the bring me to life is kind of that call of like you need to mm-hmm. you know get out of what situation you're in and like the the line how can you see into my eyes like open doors was the realisation that like with it with was just like four words he just got to the heart of what was wrong mm-hmm. and that's like I guess why they're it's such a good couple health. now isn't mental it mental health before mental health yeah mm. literally. Grammy winner for best hard rock performance, nominated for best rock song, but lost to Seven Nation Army. You know, like well, if you're gonna, fair enough. Yeah, but it's it's beautiful, iconic video. Saw it all the time on the hits and TMF back in the day, and I never really sat and reflected on the lyrics of it until this podcast and like this opportunity to do so. So like, thank you for having us again. But yeah, um, yeah the the meaning behind them and the story is just astonishing. And it's just really really lovely. Like that first line about open doors, um, leading you down into my core where I've become so numb. It's just like oh. Mm-hmm. It's spine chilling, isn't it? Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, proper good. 
And I think it's entirely possible that the song could exist in a different genre. It just, it like, well, it, lyrically, it could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great that it's what it is, and it's great that it's a rock thing. But it could, do, it, it, I think, it totally could be an acoustic stripped back thing. It could totally be like a like a like a ballad kind of sound. Maybe even stick a bit of dance production in there, make it like a sort yeah. of a, a, a euphoric, sad sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but it's great. Uh, right, so Jack White, last time we spoke about Electric Six, uh, he was attributed to some mystery vocals on their <laughs> debut, wasn't he? He was. Uh, but this appears to be a jack-free zone. Now, the oh. story, as I hear it, is that he offered his services, but the band told him to jack off. Ugh. Which leads us nicely to Electric Six with Gay Bar. Yeah, I want to take you to a gay bar. This is the second single from the debut album Fire. Um, I've got this down as an intro juice. Mm-hmm. Did I? Had I forgot? I I've kind of forgotten it. I forgot how it started. I remember the chorus, and then as soon as I heard the first note, I was straight, straight into it. Yeah, like <laughs> honestly, just straight, straight on it. Um, I can remember clapping to it. Yeah, everything at the time. It goes straight in as well, which I love. Short. Uh, it is really short. Yeah, and I just remember being really controversial at the time mm-hmm. because watching those men mm. like being home at with each other meant you were gay. Yeah, you couldn't watch that because that meant you're gay, and not just any men. But Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> I know, yeah, presidents humping yeah. each other, humping themselves pretty much. There, there were rumours, and there still are rumours, because it was in a film recently, there's a film called Bros. It was like a, a rom-com, but like LGBT plus mm-hmm. kind of themes. And they had a whole thing about Abraham Lincoln, or Gabraham Lincoln, as the YouTube comments have called him, uh, being, being gay back in the 1860s. Well, that would have been really progressive for people to have... Like officially known at the time, yeah. Be fair, it could have but it's still, a lot of but stuff. still, nobody knows for certain. There's just kind of certain writings and certain, f- yeah, p- pictures and stuff that maybe suggested, but no one knows for certain. But uh, Electric Six seem to think so. Well, sometimes and I trust them. Well, sometimes if you base it on my car and the drawings on my car that Emma Millen's left on my car, <laughs> there's penises all over it. So people might be thinking, who's that guy in the white car with penises all over it? He must be one of those gays. He's going to the gay bar. He's going to the gay bar. Um, we don't really have it. I think we've got maybe one gay bar in Sunderland. Mm. But um, yeah, so that's, 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 that's interesting. But, it you is. know, we, we, we may never know. There's so many different, you know, positions. Well, that's weird. Oh. Um, so many different. I can't even think of what the words are. You know, where there's like, what's the there's the new one that's I've been kind of brought to? Men who have sex with men but are emotionally attached to women. I'm not sure what that's called and stuff. But there's so many mm. different things. You just don't know really where anybody sat because it was yeah, so it's like. It's a big spectrum, isn't it? It was just straight or gay years mm. ago, you know. Um, yeah, I wonder where, wonder where Gabraham was. Yeah. Hmm. In his own little gay bar in the White House, possibly. Potentially. I'm assuming you like this. I love it. I love it a bit. Um, And I remember it from 2003. Probably shouldn't have. I think it was probably one of, like, the original, like, memes. Mm -hmm. Sort of like, you know, like, before memes were memes. Yeah. I know memes have always been memes, but, like, at seven-year-old, you don't really know what a meme is. No. Maybe kids now do, but in my little sheltered 2003 primary school world, I don't think I did. But I'm sure, like, on MSN Messenger and stuff, you could send people, like... That not, not quite emojis but almost like full videos that you could like spam somebody with and it would like take over their entire screen sort of thing as part of the chat and I'm sure this got shared around a lot yeah well I had one years ago where it was like oh uh, it was in my dad's house uh, 
this fi- this file needs your volume to be turned up because it's oh, very yeah. very quiet. Uh, uh, it was uh, it was kind of it was like a quick fire quiz. Answer these questions as far fast as you can. Da-da-da-da-da. What color is the what color is the sky? What color is the grass? Da-da-da. Um, what are the what are the the genders in the world right now? Um, what hand do you wank with left or right? And then as soon as you pressed one of them, was like wanker wanker wanker, and then it downloaded a virus and you couldn't get this computer to turn off, and it was just yeah. just shouting wanker. Ah uh, yes, yeah, so yeah, um, my family. Truth hurts though. It do, well, it does hurt. Truth yeah, hurts. but like who has time? <laughs> you. Oh, I don't know. What he has gonna say. <laughs> Obviously, the um, the version you'll have watched on the video. Well, I'm, I'm guessing had the whip crack whoosh, over I the think words. So. Let's mm. start a war. No. Oh, did you watch the I, one? That's, yeah, watch. I think the, on the, the the most popular one on YouTube is the censored version. That has let's start a whoosh, start a. Whoosh, I remember that from the radio. Yeah. Because I remember when I I remember when I first heard this, it had the words in it, mm-hmm. and then it changed. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't until I'd like listened to it, I was like. And I saw a blog saying, oh, there's an uncensored version. I said, oh, yeah, mm. so there was. It changed. But the fact that, you know, that that is the only bits that are censored, it's just mentions of war. And that's just purely because there was war actually going on. Yeah. And nobody really wanted to think about war. But it seems funny. Like, I've got something to put in you. Like, yeah. that's brilliant. Yeah, that's yeah. great. In fact, I think I'm just going to, like, walk around and shout that. Yeah. You know. And j- during that bit in the video when it's, I've got something to put in you, you get pepper mills, which are quite phallic. Oh, yeah. You get egg cups. An egg cup? Egg, well, like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's the thing. Oh, like a little where you would rest a wee boiled egg while you dip yeah, your Yeah, yeah. Right, okay. Um, and like sort of very phallic vegetables as well. Uh, so, you know, there's clearly kind of yeah. a bit of like a wink-wink nudge thing going on there. But um, you mentioned the intro, opening guitars. Down, 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 down. Mm. I was like, reminds me of something, reminds me of something. What does it remind me of? Girls Loud. <laughs> it, no, it wasn't. It was uh, McFly, Five oh, Colors yeah. in Her Hair. Does. was around the same sort of time as this I think it's about a year later mm-hmm. and um, it's just a weird kind of you know electric six gay bar Abraham Lincoln basically naked on a bike and McFly all like do 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 yeah. it's like this is the this is the uncanny realm we put ourselves in doing this podcast is like these things confuse together and suddenly you're thinking about like the music you enjoyed as a kid but now it's kind of inappropriate for your age group and it's like yeah. Mm, yeah, I was. Expo- I think. I think be- being a kid around this time, watching a lot of music channels, as we'll, as we'll find out in a few weeks' time when Benny Benassi's Satisfaction comes on, and that changed everything. You know, I was exposed to a lot of inappropriate stuff. Yeah, you'll you might not have realised, but this is the same thing. I think right at the start of this podcast, when we probably first did Eminem, I remember chatting to Sandra, who I worked with in a supermarket, and she came and was like, "Scott, my kids are listening to this." Is <laughs> he? mental and I think that's what she's like is he an actual psycho is he going to murder me and I was a bit like oh I don't know it's a bit rough like and really you know the the stuff that was going on in Eminem songs was actually probably quite scary for that time it was yeah. real but I was just probably being as exposed to something as equally severe in a different way but because it was probably produced in a lollipop format mm. or a dance format you just didn't notice it whereas sometimes the lead vocals or the really pronounced vocals tell the story much more so yeah like Eminem seems scary but yeah like if anything this is kind of like this is the whole I know whenever people rip friends for it being inappropriate now I'm like yeah but it introduced us to so much and I was like the first Mm. the first lesbian wedding that I saw was in friends this is kind of like normalizing like heterosexual people talking about gay bars yeah you know it, it makes a massive difference and lads probably watched the music video 
happily as Larry because even though Dad says that'll make you gay because he's old and traditional, you were just able to have a joke about it. Yeah, it probably it might have caused more issues within the community, mm. but it's like sometimes it's entry level. But who wouldn't want to be like them in the video? They're having so much fun. I had no idea who Abraham Lincoln was, to be honest. <laughs> I probably still, I probably didn't know the one until who got shot in the theater. Yeah, well, That's him. Still don't know. My mm. my version of him is from Bad Teacher. <laughs> Because they go to like a, a school trip, which is probably like the equivalent of Beamish or whatever, and they mm. learn about presidents. But I am not interested. I Sorry. swear, bad teacher comes up every week on this podcast. It was on the telly last night was actually it? at the time of recording. Yeah, but we weren't watching it, and um, we, were, we were trying to get through White Lotus. Um, oh, I still haven't started season two yet. Yeah, mm. 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 there's a very big penis in it. Oh, good. Yeah, what's his name? It was the ba- you know the Inbetweeners movie. Oh, you know, the yeah. The swipe in the Inbetweeners yeah, movie yeah, that drives yeah. the quad. Yeah, he's like, it looks like, you know, when you see a horse accidentally, <laughs> he lifts his leg up and there's like a horse penis dropping down. It's weird. Wow. Yeah, no, it got a bit wow. of a shock. Uh, a YouTube comment from Alm Stranger. I remember showing this to my family one day when we were listening to music because I thought it was funny and catchy. I completely forgot about the video content and how they might take it. <laughs> the memory of their horrified face only makes it all the more hilarious now, 17 years later. Do you know what I might just show it to my dad when he's being a douche one day? Yeah. Like, you'll love this song. This will remind you of being in the <laughs> army, dad. Look, it's his turn in the barrel. Do you remember that? <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, God. Uh, from one gay icon to another, this is Shania Twain, number six in the UK, called Forever and For Always. I'm keeping you forever and for always. We will be together all of our days. Wanna wake up every morning to your sweet face. Always. This is the third single from the fourth studio album, Up. Up. Did you remember this? Nope. I didn't remember it. Nope. I kind of got a wee Do you remember bit. it now? <sighs> Did I make any notes? Uh, I don't. No. No. But I have written down tonally nice, vocally nice, lyrically sweet. And yeah, just again, even with Man, I feel like a cheeseburger. She feels like she's <laughs> a really good girl. She always comes off as the good girl, yeah, doesn't she? And it's like, imagine if she was just a proper chav, you know, behind the scenes, and it was just well, all smoke and mirrors. She looks like a proper chav in certain angles. We've mentioned this before. She does look like War proper, Cheryl. proper chav. Yeah, she doesn't just look like War Cheryl in this one. There's a bit in it where you'd manage to land near my desk whenever you come in and I play it back to you. But there's a weird, there's like a weird <laughs> that they do, which is produced, like, but produced. And I remember. When Cheryl's Promise This came out, I remember being like, oh, that's really interesting because that has similar vocal production to Imogen Heap mm. and actually um, the same little thing. There's a part of it that sounds like it could be a little tiny snippet from Promise This, Ooh. which is interesting. But yeah, she just looks like Cheryl in so many of the things where Cheryl looks like her. Like you could do a whole meme, Shania or Cheryl, mm-hmm. and just take like blurry screenshots and see if people can guess which one it is. It's very good. Very difficult. This was originally recorded for Prince. All right. Uh huh. Um, Shania revealed in 2019 it was recorded for Prince, but never got released. It was part of his personal collection. Oh. But she let him, uh, he let her have this as her thing. Co-written and produced by her then husband Robert John Mutt Lange. Uh, as with all the other songs from this album, there was three different versions. Yes, the anti-capitalist who did the song Kaching, which is about you know how we're all spending too much money on things we don't need, has released three versions of the same song again. But <laughs> whatever, never mind. I expected it, uh, so. I've written these notes here as if I remember what it actually sounds like, but I can't. So I'm just and read them out and we'll just see if I can make sense of what they say. Um, expected this to be a much more up and down pop ballad but this has a pep in its step and a really positive outlook on life. 
It's about eternal love. I know mm-hmm. that much. I just can't hear it in my head. She was inspired by the idea that young couples uh, fall in love in their youth and are still in love together as they grow elderly. Oh, isn't that sweet? Yes, she's very shevel. She's very shevel in certain angles, and this reminded me in a weird way. I'm not sure if it's the video, uh, the, the the beachiness of it, or the summery feel of the track, but it reminded me of Paris Hilton's Stars Are Blind. I don't remember the video for that and I'm really pleased. Sorry. Oh, like, I'm sorry to Shania fans for putting her in the same sentence as Paris Hilton, but I'm also not because Stars Are Blind is an absolute banger and we will do it on the podcast and it's a stolen cold classic. Do you know what? I had a weird one last week where I was talking about roller skates and my head pictured Christina Applegate on roller skates and I was like, why is Christina Applegate <laughs> in my head on roller skates? And it was because she'd been on the news because had you seen she's diagnosed with yeah. MS and yeah. she's not going to be able to act anymore um, and Dead to Me is kind of the last one. But I was like, is she really in a music video on roller skates? She didn't do <laughs> pop songs. And then I googled it, and it was a Jessica Simpson track. Oh, yeah. And not only is she in the video on roller skates, so is Christine Millian and Eva Longoria. Oh, the gosh. four of them are balling around a roller disco on roller skates. And it's like, oh, my God, how have I forgotten that? Jessica Simpson have kind of mm. erased, not, not actively, not trying to cancel culture, but <laughs> my brain has removed a lot of that, yeah. really. Okay. Mm. Right, the moment has arrived. Obviously, to this point, we've been doing loads of girls aloud. They've dominated the conversation so far. But what about the boys? What maybe, about the boys? Maybe this is their second chance to make it big. It's their second and final chance. No. Uh, this is the long-awaited <clears throat> second single from... Because they've, they've actually left it the same amount of time as Girls Loud. A bit longer, actually. Mm, okay. They've left it like six months, which Girls Loud left five but that was because they were performing. <laughs> yeah. Well, these guys, I'm sure they were performing as well mm. in the in the mirror, going, "What have I done?" Hairbrush. Uh, this is one true voice with, and get this for a title. I'll, I'll I'll read it as it is. Shakespeare's open bracket way with close bracket words. What the fuck? Journalism lecturers will be turning in their <laughs> classrooms. This is the second and final release as they split up two months later that <laughs> later and didn't actually get their album. This immediately takes me, I know it's another scary movie reference in one week, but Brenda Meeks in Scary Movie, who plays her in real life. Um, she's amazing, really, really good. Leading girls trip, really hot. Oh, um, Regina. Regina Hall. Hall. And she, like, in Scary Movies, Shakespeare! And she doesn't <laughs> pronounce it, she keeps calling him Shakespeare because she goes to the cinema to, be, to see Shakespeare in love. So um, anytime I see the word Shakespeare now, I Brenda Meeks it and have totally got Shakespeare's way with words in my head. <laughs> um, it did ring a bell immediately. Um, okay. There's a lot of funk in it. Yeah. And this is the funk that is cheesily produced and doesn't work. Yeah. Really, yeah. it's a major problem. The bass is thin in it as well. Mm-hmm. Vocally, I think they're all fine. They don't match the production because the production's actually pants. And I think if you ignore and ignore Xenomania and what they've been doing with Girls Aloud, just put it against any other pop song, and it's it's thin and it's yeah. it's not great. I love the BPM of it. I've always liked the BPM of their stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I hate the foot tapping that they all do yeah. the whole way. Like it's all of them do it, and it's excessive. And I don't know whether it triggers me because I'm I'm a mover, like I'm a tapper. Mm. And does it piss me off because it reminds me of me? I don't know. Yeah, but you're not a pop, a pop band with a multi-million pound record contract, no, you know what I mean? Where loads of people directed you, produced it, and then made the video and yeah. didn't make you reshoot it. No. You know, I don't know. Like so much 
there's so much behind this, but if it looks like nobody's really put any actual work in apart from the lads, no. maybe. I don't, have they put any work in? I'll tell you what, though. It's co-written by Rick Astley, who's obviously been brought on by Pete Waterman, who's still their handler, okay. as opposed to Girls Loud, who got shot of Louis, you know, well, not, well, not, not shot of, but, you know, enlisted Xenomania straight away to take over the creative side of things mm-hmm. you know Pete Waterman's still involved in this and you can still smell him you can like, it's still the Pete Waterman stank isn't it's it the like, one recipe that Pete Waterman and Louis Walsh had for number ones wasn't it that's mm-hmm. outdated at this point the verses the verses are better than the chorus like the verses are actually okay yeah it, I can't remember them all but all the verses it, were okay it's not a terrible song and it's I like the, I like the writing of it I like Rick Astley so that kind of checks out that makes sense the boys are very game you know they give it their all it's just they've been totally, totally mismanaged and let down creatively. Yeah, production-wise. One of them looks like Tom Daly. I've always thought, who do you look mm. like? And he looks like Tom Daly a little bit at a distance. You're like, not Tom Daly in a boy band. But yeah, I could like happily not listen to this again. Do you know who it put me in mind of in the future uh, as, a, as, a, as a boy band? No. This is The Wanted. Do you think? I think so, yeah. I think this is the kind of naff crap cringe yeah. that the wanted pr- could probably get away with doing like yeah. some not, not as the first or second single but you know once it'd been established you could totally chuck out the wanted shakespeare's way with words sorry yeah. shakespeare's bracket way with bracket words <laughs> and um and they'd get away with it yeah. and people would love it because they love the wanted but like these these weren't established enough to do no. to, to gamble with a song with such an unappealing unappetizing title what was the wanted's debut production. single do you remember um oh um all time low but if you know Oh yeah, okay, right. So that, that was, was a, all that right, was a decent, actually. That was a de- yeah. That's what they needed. Yeah, they needed an all-time low, mm-hmm. to be honest. If only they had been like Lisa Scott Lee and been ahead of the head of the curve. Mm-hmm. But yeah. that's what it needed to be. It needed to be Lisa Scott Lee production. Yeah. And yes, we've we've established that she was a year ahead of herself. She was just a bit too early with that production. But like Lisa could be because of the gays, girls, guys methodology back then mm-hmm. of how to sell stuff. It was just. It never left the community to no. start getting other people to buy hers. This is still the Pete Waterman, Stockache and Waterman sound that was yeah. 80s and 90s, but dead as a doornail now. But if you look, Shania's only got to number six with the ballad, because ballads are done now. This mm-hmm. isn't, this is it. This is a, this is a hyper ballad. What was I trying to think of? <laughs> BPMs, pro- it's probably actually, what, 132, 133 BPM? Mm. That's like faster a ballad. I don't know. It's... It's yeah, because oh, they had a vibe the last time, didn't they? Where they were on a chuggy train, a chugga 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 Yeah, it's a bit train-like. I watched a little bit of a program, an excerpt of a program that was on YouTube, and it was called "Can a Band Creative Television Really Work?" And the the one true voice was labelled as a textbook case in how not to make a boy band. Yeah, yeah. Louis Walsh blamed Pete Waterman. He he called the bandmates terrible casualties, which I think is true. They were hung out to dry, effectively. Simon Cowell called the process fundamentally flawed. Well, without this process, he would never have but perfected that's it. his process. That's it. He probably took keen interest in this and watched the way this died. He never quite. Well, well, I was going to say he never quite got up with a band, did he? But he literally had One Direction and JLS and Little Mix. I'll just stop talking. The One Direction never won. No, but still part of the still yeah. part of the shakeup. Who did win the one? The other One Direction won. Uh, it's like a good pub quiz question. I don't it? know. Was it was Little Mix the same year? No, no, no. Because no. they, they won. Did they win? They, yeah, they did win. <clears throat> was it Mary Byrne? Might have been Mary. Might Byrne. have been Mary Byrne. Might have been. I'm just trying to picture that. There is, and I can't. Oh, I've got secondhand embarrassment talking about it. <laughs> they covered the rhythm of the night. 
Oh yeah. And they all came out and everybody performed it and it was just awful. And if you really just need to like feel something different than miserable, just put it on, just Google it. And yes, we'll give it the statistics from you Googling it. But X Factor Rhythm of the Night. Um <laughs> Was it Matt Cardle win, maybe? Was he in that year? Oh, yes, it was Matt Cardle, yeah, because there's, there's the clip of um, Matt Cardle winning and Harry Styles goes up to him. Like, it's a real tight shot on his face. He's kind of going, oh, my God, I can't believe I've won. And Harry Styles, you can, if you lip read him, he says, think about how much pussy you're going to get. Ugh. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. It's like a viral clip. The X Factor Cat Sanctuary. Mm. Horrible stuff. I know. I know. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's the end of One True Voice. They're done. They're gone. I think it's better than Sacred Trust, but like everything about this band was just doomed from yeah. the start. Wrong place, wrong time, wrong everything, except the lads who seem quite nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's start a new week. It's the 15th of June, 2003. A big news in the book world because the fifth Harry Potter book came out, The Order of the Phoenix. Were you ever a Harry Potter person? Uh, my wife's obsessed. Mm. I was in London twice last week and I was just looking at people standing queuing for the Kings nine and three Cross. quarters thing. Oh. Jakers, honestly. Um, and then it doesn't appeal to me because I kind of feel like, oh, if I want to go to that, I can just go to it at any point, really. Mm. I do enjoy watching them. I've kind of seen lots of them but not in the correct order. And I'm seeing like a few scenes at a time. Mm. I'm rarely watching the film the way through. I think They're of what, long. What? They're long films yeah, for kids. I'd probably watch the first one in order. Can't really remember it, but I don't dislike them. I can, I, there's, there's, there's a bit where the one, the bit I can always remember, I don't know how, which Harry Potter's it's off, but they've got the big bird thing and they're in the forest and they're watching themselves as the birds goes down into your man's house down a hill mm. and they have to like escape themselves because they're going to bump into their the other versions of themselves. I've seen that scene a million times and obviously not paid attention because I can't describe <laughs> it very well. That's probably not a bird. So sorry, Harry Potter fans. Is it the day. Dementors? Let's say that. This yeah. is where um, Alison's going to message me. She's going to pause this podcast and message me and go, they're called <laughs> this. You're a disgrace. Um, but we've got loads of Harry Potter stuff in the house. And actually, my wife had a Harry Potter... No, who was it? Somebody had a Harry Potter... Was it Victoria? I had a Harry Potter birthday party. I can't remember who must have been victorious, but I had to go as Harry Potter because we'd figured oh, out no. no one was actually going as Harry Potter. So people thought I knew what the crack was and I had no idea. Mm. So, yeah. On a night out in Sunderland once, I got called Harry Potter and I wasn't in a costume. I just looked the way I look with glasses on. Yeah, this, yeah, you, yeah. Could probably, you could probably style you actually. And I don't want to be Harry Potter. Pot you up. Which one do you want to be? I want, I want to be myself, ideally. Oh, that, well, that's positive. Yeah, I wasn't in a costume. I was only going to McDonald's. Wake me up. <laughs> <laughs> Hanging out a window. Uh, album chart-wise, Radiohead, Hail of the Thief, was a number one. I, I think there was some kind of, and this is where I should do more research, but you know, it's not, it's not a big deal. I'm sure there was some kind of, did it leak early or something, or did they, I think in future albums, they put it online first and said, like, pay what you want. I think maybe because no. this leaked early or something, or some kind of DRM mm-hmm. thing, I'm not too sure. Uh, a, a few tracks that were in the top ten, one from Jennifer Lopez, number 11, I'm Glad. Glad doesn't bring a bell straight away. Okay. Uh, number 15 was the second single from Linkin Park, second album. It's called Faint. Rings a bell. Rings a bell. Mm-hmm. And 21 from our recently departed Darius with Girl in the Moon. Girl in the Moon, I'm happy, babe. Girl in the Moon, I see you every 
course it's called Girl on the Moon, though. It's such a Darius. Yeah. Not Girl Aww. on the Moon, in the Moon. Why not? Yeah. Uh, right, so, uh, singles-wise, Evanescence still number one, Electric Six, I believe, still number two, with Gay Bar. Uh, I know it will have been... There would have been number two this week, I don't think. I think it will have been something that doesn't exist in our minds. Uh, yeah. Okay. Third in the charts this week was from Christina Aguilera. A 20 on the billboard, so uh, underperformance that we're seeing as over there, but we, we love her over here. It's called Fighter. Makes me that much stronger. is the third single off the fourth studio album Stripped I've got this as a great piano opener straight away mm-hmm. uh, love the spoken word in it yeah um, I think they're, from that bit there's an immediate juxtaposition against her voice and then that noisy guitar comes in and it's just ridiculously good yeah mm-hmm. I didn't think I remembered it <gasps> did you not? no I didn't think oh, wow. I did because I couldn't I couldn't hear it in my head and I was going like what is it I was I think I thought it might have been a ballad again uh-huh. but she wouldn't do two ballads back to back I just couldn't I just couldn't remember it at all literally first note Right, we're back. I know where we are now. Mm-hmm. The video's got the kind of gothic grayscale flickering that I associate with like My Chemical Romance Black Parade oh, it does video. Have that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Guitar wise, it's got quite Guns N' Roses arena rock sound. It's big, it's. Mm-hmm. It sounds massive. And there's this like serious shredding going on by the end, isn't there? Like towards the like the final chorus. Yeah, it all came flooding back, and I really like it. Um, I think I kept hearing Dirty as well I kept kind of going like getting the two mixed up probably because in the Dirty video she's in a boxing ring and this is called Fire oh it makes sense yeah, yeah. I, I remember have you seen Life of the Party you don't like Melissa McCarthy do you mm, I don't I don't dislike her yeah. I don't, I you just, just don't I, actively watch I, the, the stuff the with her in it the that she makes aren't generally very like, Life of the Party is decent alright okay. so the, she's, she's done kind of since people were like oh no she's a bit crap and I think what was the the, the thing was nobody needs to see her falling over anymore that's kind of mm. changed um, and they have got like I, some of her stuff's got really good I like slapstick it's just the, 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 the spoken jokes that I find a bit like uh. yeah. depends she can she plays a bloody wide range of characters like and pulls them off but Life of the mm. Party Christina Aguilera cameos in it um, and it's when uh, Melissa McCarthy's gone to university the husband's mm. divorced her the day the, the kid's gone off to university and then she goes to the kid's university and then um, she kind of gets kicked out and then they have to refund her so they have a fundraiser and Christina Aguilera <laughs> sings Fighter at it right? and um, it's quite good but Christina's <laughs> acting and it's not amazing mm. um, but it just reminds me of that film now but before that had that film not existed I'd still remember this song and all of the words in it too because I think it must have been mm. quite significant for my era yeah mm-hmm. I think it will have been for me at the time but it just hasn't stuck in my brain for 19 years yeah, yeah. Well, I could list this you know if somebody you know if you went on Popmaster on Radio 2 and they said right um, you've got to name as many Christina Aguilera songs. I think this one would come off my tongue quite quickly. How many seconds do you get? Is it? F- I don't know. I've only started seconds. learning because some of the nerds around me do Popmaster every yeah. day. Like the place could be on fire and they're not <laughs> shifting because Popmaster's on. So, I when we spoke about Beautiful, I made like I made like a really I tried not to make a big deal of the fact that I didn't really like her singing on it particularly because um, she, she she has a tendency to over sing which she didn't at the start of her career it was kind of like nice and like whereas now it's like uh, it actually works here it makes more sense here I still don't like the way she distorts some of her notes unnecessarily I think mm-hmm. you can you can have more impact like less is more sometimes okay. maybe this demands more is more but I don't know yeah I think lyrically it probably does I think it's really empowering I think the message in it's timeless like this could kind of live on forever mm. I don't find 
because of the guitar and stuff and I don't find any of it like overdone or over egged yeah you know so she can I think she could go harder if she wanted and it still wouldn't yeah it wouldn't be weird everyone's got a different uh, taste and stuff but yeah. um, she's got a really good lung capacity the pre-chorus especially Liam went round of her house and made her blow into that yeah. thing <laughs> yep good in, capacity in, inflated like a um, what's the uh, folded pizza calzone Yes. She's got calzone lungs. Mm-hmm. Calzone lungs. Um, yeah, she, she's got like a good delivery too. Like the, the sentences come together very thick and fast, you know, fast and hard, impactful, mm-hmm. very impressive. And I like the um, the voodoo doll aesthetic of the video with the pins. Yeah. Which we also saw in a Girls Allowed video, didn't we? Uh, there was a voodoo doll thing of pins flying around and stuff. Yes. But which um, one was it? It was towards the end uh, of that time. No, no, no. Sexy, no, no, no. Yes, that's it. Sexy, no, no, no. Aye. Always comes back to Girls Aloud, doesn't it? Does. Always comes around in the end. Will we stop the podcast now? Yeah, one. Much. Yay! <laughs> I like what it's about as well, just before we move on. Obviously, um, it's it's about how she was made smarter and stronger, as she references in the song, because uh, she had quite a difficult childhood. And this comment from Erica Miller says, one of the most powerful lines in a song ever, thought I would forget, but I remember, I remember. I remember. Oh. Mm-hmm. It's true. Mm-hmm. It's true. People might, you, you know, and sometimes an apology isn't enough. No. Sometimes these things can never be fully put to bed. Oh, yeah. And you have to fight. Oh, yeah. I mm. agree. Uh, right. I told myself that someday I would do a Danny review where I don't mention her sister. Okay. However. Today's not the day. No. Uh, <laughs> here, Danny has Disco 2020 Fever 2001. Ah. This is Danny Minogue with Don't Want to Lose This Feeling. This is off the fourth album, Neon Nights, uh, is the fourth single from it. I've mm-hmm. got this down as an intro juice. And Who Do You Love Now turned 21 this week. Yeah. Yeah, Crazy. 21, 21, honestly. Yeah. Uh, this samples Madonna's Get Into The Groove. Well, uh, there's two Sort of. There's two versions, isn't there? There is two versions. Well, Cause yeah. Because that, that's Don't Wanna Lose This Groove. This is Don't Want to Lose This Feeling. Mm. It's two different songs. What was the single one then that was released? Don't Want to Lose This Feeling. And but then the, the mashup came out after. Okay. Oh, no, hold on. No, no, no. They both have Don't Want to Lose... They both sample Madonna. Oh, do they? Yeah, yeah. But one of them has... Um, one of them has the entire track as the backing track. Yeah, which is the Don't Want to Lose This Feeling. Then there's ones with actual Madonna components and Madonna's singing in it as well. I'm confused. No, the one mm. I listened to wasn't in the groove. Did it have the... Through it. Don't wanna lose this feeling that you're yeah, giving me every but it wasn't time. Like, I need it. Yeah, so it had that. Yeah, is, yeah. is, is, is that, that, back, that backing tune? Is get into the groove, and that was the single. Because <sighs> I think no, the, chorus, the chorus, this is a chorus sample. So there's parts of it sample the melody as well. So the melody's in it, but Danny's words are on it. Of don't wanna lose this feeling. Yeah, it's confusing. I am really confused because the one I listened to, I've listened to two. One of them is like very into the groove, like literally like 
No, that's but the. Well, that's, th- that, that's the end of the groove one. The, 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 the feeling one is like. The one that loses feeling is. It might have a little bit. And then it like jumps, drops into funk. It's like there's like a two bit synth in it. That's the single. That's Don't Want to Lose This Feeling. Right. I think we're on the same page now. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. We'll but that, time for that one, minute, so then. that one still has a whole sample underneath it, which is oh. "Do Want to Lose This Groove." Okay. But there's another version <laughs> which actually has way more Madonna stuff in it. <laughs> so I'm confused. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah. think the Madonna one actually goes, "You can dance in it." Like it actually yeah, says that's Madonna like stuff. Properly in this the "Don't Want to Lose This Feeling." This hasn't got any Madonna lyrics in it. Yes. Madonna doesn't perform in it at all. Right. Mm. Uh. So. Um, Any good? Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's good, yeah. But which one do you mean? Um, no, um, immediately, like those kind of filtered notes reminded me a bit of Lady by Mojo. Doesn't yeah. really, doesn't continue through the whole thing really, but just the, the start kind of does. It's kind of potentially good enough and kind of would be sonically appropriate to be a Kylie track. I know we also would try not to mention Kylie too much when it's Danny, but blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, it could have been. It's that good. Uh, it's quite straightforward and it's not the most inventive of the Danny singles we've had so far because she's like, she's really kind of built a reputation for like being a dance queen and she's done yeah. a lot of different types of dance like who do you love now is not like this and this isn't like yeah. put the needle on it and put the needle on it's not like the last one we did like they've all been very different sub-genres yeah. of dance music and she's going towards Funky House as well with Perfection yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and then she does eventually must be 2009 she does uh, Touch Me Like That which is a big massive sample as well too mm. like big Mm, interesting. Dance Queen. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's perfectly good. It would have been, if it came on the radio during the summer, I'd be very happy. Yeah, it does have summer vibes. Did you watch the video for it? Yeah. As well? Mm-hmm. So there's a bit in the breakdown in the video where, like, I just used to love it. She does this kind of, like, slow motion yoga style thing mm. on a beach, and I'm like, yep, tick, 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 tick. Um, I kind of briefly looked away at one point to, like, write some notes, and I came back, and I just immediately saw her lifting her skirt and, like, flashing a bit of bum cheek, and I'm like, <gasps> I missed that. Yeah. Well, I'll, should we watch it again now? <laughs> um, yeah, she's got like the, the, the hand claps are nice. The kind of the bass guitar is nice. The sort of breathy echo she has on certain words is nice as well. Yeah, there's some nice effects in it that I've never noticed until today, um, which in theory is kind of like what you would kind of I would say is like a whoosh reverse of her yeah, vocals. It's like, yeah, and that's like that's a nice reverse in it. This is the funk. The funk in this is still a bit. If you if you watch if you listen to the funk in it, the funk's a bit weird because the funk's very like put a needle on it it's been mm. produced as like a really next level spacey thing but it's so subtle in the mix you don't really notice it but either Montreal Voice needed her funk or they needed Scott Lee's funk mm. so they needed something that wasn't theirs and but this the is a good example the funk they got can funk off yeah and she does do a sexy give me more yeah, I'm there. Um, but I remember this This threw me straight back to being in the back of a Vauxhall Corsa on a Sunday night up the port. <laughs> Loving life. In the boot or? Uh, no, in the back seat. And if I was in the back seat, it means I wasn't driving my own car, which meant it was my week to drink in the back of somebody else's car. So um, there was probably a batter double decker on the go and uh, maybe an Archer's and White Lemonade. Yeah. Nice, mm. nice. Uh, obviously, Kylie has a big mashup of her own as well, doesn't she? Can't get Blue Monday out of my head. Yeah, the so they've got form when it comes to smashing together massive they do. massive trucks together. Yeah. Maybe you could do a can't get this feeling of Blue Monday out of the groove. <laughs> we must have talked about the time Danny came on stage and sang Robbie's Parts of Kids with her. Yeah. Have we? Yeah, like, yeah. That was really good. I think they should just do a bit more stuff together. So my, I think I've said this the last time when we talked about Kylie, but my life, because I now follow Kylie and Danny, and I think I follow a Danny... Um, 
fan group because I've tried to post some stuff in for Dance Revolution into it mm. I feel like they're way more relevant in the world than what they actually are yeah. and that they're doing way more stuff mm. and I think that's the difficulty with social media and algorithms and stuff is like I'm getting told these are big deals because my computers think that I want to see them and I do but I don't actually know public perception mm. of where they are right now whereas like when was the last time you ever saw Donnie Minogue X Factor, probably. Is that literally it? That was yeah, the last probably time. Probably about 10 years ago, yeah. I see constant stuff from her and like silly things like, you know, she's got like a really major clothing line and stuff because she's so, so short. She has designed a full range of clothes for women oh. because everything she ever wore, if it was the correct waist, the legs had to be taken up. Right. So she's got like a petite, I don't know, it's probably called that. She's got like a full petite, but I see all of this stuff all of the time. So I feel like she's relevant. <laughs> really relevant. Mm, mm. I don't know. <sighs> Strange one. But yeah, you ask like, people in the office here and they're like... Who? Who? Oh, but was she a judge? Oh, yeah, she yeah. was a judge once, yeah. Uh, right, number six in the UK this week is from Amy Stutt and it's called Misfit. <laughs> This is the second single off the debut album, False Smiles. I have it down as an intro juice. Mm-hmm. Do you remember this? Uh, I didn't think I did, but I do. I remember her. Yeah. Because she was on Ministry of Mayhem. Oh, was like, she? Like, really early on. Yeah. Like, when it when it first started, my granddad used to tape it on VHS for a so I could watch it, like, mm-hmm. over and over again, because I was just obsessed with Saturday morning telly, basically. Oh. But I remember she played Cakey Skate. Cakey Skate? Cakey Skate with someone from D-Side, uh, if my memory serves correctly. And on that day, she performed a cover of Cheryl Crow, All I Want to Do. All I Want to mm. Do. Really good. Which actually is funny, because she does come across a bit Cheryl Crow here, but with also kind of, like, there's the kind of the shit the Cheryl Crow maturedness combined with the kind of the Avril side of that's pop exactly punk, what I've pop, got pop punky sort of immediately tonally the song immediately sounds like Avril Lavigne complicated yep. and then it grows out a little bit mm-hmm. and I knew before I pressed playing it that I remember liking it and then when I pressed play I was like yeah I do really like it and then somehow my head went she's just an American she needed Quinn she's not an American she's British oh is she yeah she's British oh my gosh oh so everything yeah. about the production was I mean, she reminds me of Sinead Quinn mm. um, and I really really liked it at the time but I love you got your arse right up so you think you got it all worked out you got your hot pants on you got your arse right up you arse arse <laughs> it made me think of you the way it's, like, arse arse mm-hmm. I love I love arse yeah, arse, arse is a great word it's great arse it? is so good and I love whenever we have to have conversations in the office and go through like the offcom spreadsheets of the swear words and stuff and we it's get to arse I'm always happy yeah yeah. yeah. I, and then I'm always not happy whenever there's a refresh and then there's new sex things in it that I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Behind the curve. Mm-hmm. Mm. I, and it's the fact that I have to set it working. This is probably why my computer doesn't work because I have to Google things. <laughs> and I'm allowed to Google things at work. And I do have to Google, what What does this mean? And then like... Just yeah. your search engine felching. <laughs> yeah, what's that? I don't um, want to know. Don't want to know. It was the one beginning with Bs. I had to Google recently. It has Ks in it. Um, let's, I don't know. Let's just slide on. Well, I'll tell you what. Felching is... Is it code? <laughs> is it code for? Is it code? I had these two lads that I used to work with at Sage who love Greg and Darren, who were best friends. They're both gay, and they both have like partners, and they used to like talk about a thing called snowballing. Is it snowballing? <laughs> um. Oh no! Hold what's on. Snowballing. Snowballing's where. I 
I think Felch and something else. All right, okay, sorry. Maybe Snowballing is just Snowballing. Anyway. Sorry, Amy, to derail you like this with oh, some... Greg and Darren. <laughs> <laughs> um, this was co-written by the Alicia's Attic singer-songwriter Karen Poole, who oh. has also written with uh, Kylie, Lily Allen, Shapeshifter, Sugar Babes, Will Young, and even it's recently, like in recent years, working with top talent like Becky Hill. So oh. like proper songwriting pedigree. She also co-wrote Put the Needle on It by Danny, ah. uh, which came out earlier this year. So big, big songwriting talent. Amy herself, big songwriting talent. She's only 17 when this came out. She got her record deal at 15. And um, her first single came out last year called Just a Little Girl at 16 years of age. So amazing, which means that she is like the rare occasion of a girl who actually fits the high school surrounding of the, vi- of the video. Mm-hmm. You know, normally they're... In like pink in like in her late 20s trying to pull off the whole high school sort of girl next door look whereas Amy genuinely probably finished GCSEs a few months ago yeah and is now like mm-hmm. doing a massive song career thing it seems perfect for the teen American teen rom-com rom-com movie doesn't it like, yeah it does sonically video wise she carries it off really well and the Avril connection is a very easy dot to connect yeah is it a bit but typical with, but with a British well, yeah. I, I mean, you thought she was American, but I, I think with, with, a, with more of a British slant. The fact that she says ours should have been a clue. Ours, ours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the video is very American. I, I think the song's very beautifully of its time. Like you know, these kind of songs don't sound like this anymore. They sound more like Mimi Webb, Gale, Olivia Rodrigo sort yeah. of thing. This is very two thousand and three kind of thing. But um, she's great. Yeah, I like it. She's really good. Mm-hmm. She's enigmatic, and she's she's like for a seventeen-year-old, very compelling and very watchable. And I like I like I like all of it really. Great word. And I like the message too. The fact that people who are superficial and people who want who don't fit in can coexist. Doesn't need to be a war, does it? Like we can we we're all human. Well, I was at university here, so this is where you start to meet people that don't like seem like the norm of what you've experienced so far when you live in a small town mm. so yeah it was probably very apt for me and then you know if she's 16 and she's saying that she felt like a misfit now is the I think it's quite empowering at 16 to be like well I can go now and be whoever I want to be really mm-hmm. and you can, you can pick lanes a bit more than what yeah. you could when you were 14 you know you've just got to get the GCSEs in the bag oof god don't, don't remind me I still have nightmares about GCSEs you know do you about like not revising for exams and stuff. Oh god, were you watching Ministry of Mayhem? Yeah. <laughs> if you don't do your GCSEs, you'll end up doing that programme there. No, um, yeah, anyway. They've all done pretty well from Stephen and Holly. Holly mm. Willoughby on this morning kind of does me head in a bit because that show just feels like obviously like I watch a lot of like daytime TV at the minute. And um yeah, they just seem so out of touch. Do they? They just seem really out of touch with oh. like real people. Like they just seem like they're on a little like sort of hundreds of thousand pounds of in- income a year bubble. Mm-hmm. Don't really appreciate what's going on for the actual viewers who watch it on a morning. Yeah, sometimes that can be the person writing the autocue though as well, mm. which is quite difficult. Yeah, I don't know. But they don't come across great. Oh, anyway. that's a shame. Steve Mulhern though, love the bloke. Do you? I do. Oh, mm. Mm? I'm the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. One of my friends is obsessed with them to the point where she went on in for a penny. I know. Yeah, I don't know. What's wrong with Steve Mulhern? What's your beef? I want to squash this beef now. I feel really strongly about this. Do you know the way sometimes I say I meet people and I get a bit of a hiss and I feel like I need to hiss at them? Like a, like a Maya Jama sort of vibe. Rita Ora. Rita Ora. Yeah. Mm. Um, he is kind of up there. Oh. Mm. Well, I don't think that. No, that's fine. It's just, it's just <laughs> a, an opinion. He may not be that like that at all, but I don't find him funny. No? No, I don't find him funny at oh. all. Like I actually find watching him really, really difficult. But I'm hard mm. to please, and it's hard to make me laugh the first time. So. Did you see David Williams' stuff came out recently? I don't find him funny either. Me neither. 
Uh, but do you like DJ Sammy? That's the question, because they are next with Luna on the track the number eight in the UK called Starlight. Starlight. No, it's not. It's called Sunlight. Sunlight. Shit. It's the second single of the album Heaven. Um, this is a nice starter. It's kind of like a breathy acapella, mm. pretty much. And Even the guitars are nice. Yeah, everything's nice about it. Then it just drops. Like I've written down, loved this. Mm. I've got no major notes, but this was a nice follow-up. It wasn't as anthemic, but I think it was like a really good, safe follow-up single to not make you really bloody annoying yeah. as an artist. So but I just liked. I just really liked it. Here, this came out third. Yes. But I think everywhere else it came out second after Heaven. Heaven. And then Boys of Summer. Boys of Summer, the Don Henley one. And then we got this. Yes. So it's the first original one. Yeah, it is original, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And I think it kind of, I wasn't ready for it. I wasn't like, because I'm so used to hearing them do like really, really credible, clever reconstructions of songs out of their genre. Yeah. I wasn't ready for this. And I, I don't I don't think, I, 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 not, that, not that I'm looking to DJ Sammy in this genre for like, Evanescence poetic lyrics, mm-hmm. but it felt me a bit like I don't know. I'm not. I'm not connect- all a bit of ethereal and floaty and she is glistening yeah. sea and. But ever, I think all of the elements in the song are as well. So some bits of the lyrics just kind of clang, just sort of like the way it probably sounded better in their native language. language. Yeah, and maybe it hasn't translated terribly well. But you know, it's very Balearic and it's pool sidebar already. And it's, yeah, it's probably not very Balearic. It's probably a bit more. Um, Bulgaria. Oh, right. You know what I mean? Um, whenever it started, but it was... Holiday. In fact, actually, the music video, if it, memory serves me correctly, is like a, a sped-up dash cam view of... It might have been Mallorca. So it, oh. do, it does feel Spanish, but mm. production-wise at this point, it wasn't really... wouldn't really have been considered Spanish and holiday resorty. It was still still a bit barish. Oh, okay. So... All right, fair enough. That's me, that's me told. You know. um, was it an over-anthem for you? I can imagine you blasting this, it was. Sing, singing along. It was, absolutely, yeah. yeah. And then we're still at the point where Luna looks like that girl, Natalie, that I knew from... Natalie. Um, I've forgotten her name already. Lives in Limavadi. In the shop. In the shop. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh-huh. And I can really see it in this video again, so it reconfirmed it to me again today. Mm. Uh, Nicola, what's her name? Nicola. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I've pointed out every time we've t- spoken about DJ Sammy so far, but I just love how awkward he is in the videos. I love that he's in the videos. He just I like, can't remember him. I know what he looks like. I can completely picture. Is is he in one of the cars? Or am I picturing? He was in videos? the last one right. in Boys of Summer. But this he's, he's kind of walking around more, like sort of looking a bit lost with his hands in his pockets. Oh my and just God. like I might be friends with him on Facebook. Well, and that's why I can't. I'm like sometimes I go past people's comments and I'm like, who on earth's that? Uh, and then actually I don't know who they are, but it might be him. <laughs> We last time we posted about one of his songs, he commented it or something, and he, like, he liked it. Uh-huh. And I think I DM'd him when I was drunk. Oh, did you? And said like, can we, can, you, can we get you in the podcast? Oh, thank God! I thought it was going to be like your normal DM where you've sent him a JPEG. <laughs> <laughs> Here's Richard Gere. <laughs> Fancy a bit of Felchin Sammy? Uh. Uh, and actually, that that little noise he made there, do it again. Yeah, it's kind of appropriate for this next one. We've got a decision to make. I told you this after you'd prepped it, just because I thought it's worth making the notes, just in case we do talk about it in detail. Okay. I think we should. I think we should. We still should. Okay. But just not acknowledge who wrote it and produced it and performed back and vocals. Okay. This is a number ten, the only top ten single for a band called B2K. It's called Girlfriend.
this is the second single off the second studio album Pandemonium mm-hmm. um, this has got do you remember Jenny from the block yeah it has that same effect in it mm-hmm. right in the start and then you kind of it's very subtle the rest of the way through so I like that little I call it a light whistling effect comes in straight away like that um, I think it's got a nice heavy bass very deep bass yeah really like it Each t- <laughs> this is where it's a bit funny each time a verse goes off there's something comedic about it and I expect French and Saunders to take it over with silly <laughs> lyrics <laughs> like it could just be parodied and somebody could make it really funny like mm. who does song parodies I'm picturing French and Saunders is there anybody else Katie Brand was very good at them on her show Katie Brand was good at it yeah, yeah. I. it could be stolen and merged into something else mm. um, and I can't tell whether I like I can't tell whether I like it or not. There's there's dancing in it at the start, which is impactful, but I can't tell whether I like that or not. I'm just I'm a bit lost with this one, to be honest. Mm. It starts like production value. It starts with some like smooth a cappella, then the piano notes come in, mm-hmm. and I went woo, and then the song goes woo woo woo, and I was like, what the? <laughs> I just was really spooked out by that. It's, it's like either I pre-saw it coming because it was choreographed that way, or yeah. it just took over me. And mm. it's the only word I knew. I didn't know it from being a kid. Okay. Uh, they weren't a big. They weren't a big thing. They were number ten, uh, fifteen of the Billboard in America, which is you know it's their country. Fifteen's yeah. not too bad, really. Mm-hmm. I know um, one of the band members is called Amarian. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know any any more of their names, but I know that there's been some beef. Recently, he called his bandmates glorified backup dancers. Oh. And then they, as the, the other three, went on a podcast and spoke about how it affected them. <gasps> so there's like a clear rift there. But he's the only one to know the name of. Yeah. Like I saw him on a TV show once. The, the three. The, the, so this is the second album. All three of their albums came out in the same year. Ah, are they like. Are they, are they King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard over here? Potentially. Yeah, they're, they're not that cool. They're not that cool. They're not, they're that, not cool. that cool. No. It's more likely they just chucked it all out because it's like a major label thing. They're trying to capitalise on a certain yeah. thing. But I don't know. I don't remember them being a real thing. They um, And I'm not just saying this because they're four young black lads, but they're, they're, they're JLS. They're like an American JLS. Yeah. Okay. That would explain why they're pants. <laughs> and it's almost oh, like well. someone cut Usher into four, but like not took, just... Took away, dropped the good bits. Well, yeah, so as you as you slice, you you lose bits on the knife. Yeah, you know the, the mm-hmm. sort of the um, detritus that comes off when you yeah. slice something. It's like when you slice vegetables, and apparently you lose some of the nutrients. Every yeah. slice lost a nutrient. That's kind of what happens here. It's like they've got one whole thing of goodness, and it's just kind of become four things of all rightness. Yeah, but yeah, it's fine. And we don't talk about who actually made it because we don't like that person. You can have a guess. Yeah, go on. Then. I'll say though, King Giz and the Lizard Wizard, for those who aren't familiar, they're an Australian band. They've released five albums this year, including three in one month last month. There's a whole thing that's been going off for the last few months where people have to release six singles in a row very quickly, because mm. um, I'm talking about it on the radio a lot. Mm. But in the indie realms, that makes sense, whereas in the commercial music realms, that doesn't make any sense because you're asking a lot of fans to pay for that money, whereas King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard could do that because people are happy to spend 10 quid, then 10 quid, then 10 quid, then buy a t-shirt, then go to a gig. Like, they don't have the money, but they will do, whereas do you want to do it on a a boy band who are designed to take your money mm. you know whereas King Gizzard are probably doing it for like an artistic thing and oh yeah like a, they've all been very different albums yeah same for a, a project called Salt S-A-U-L-T the British project led by Inflow they've released six albums and an EP this year including five in one day a few weeks ago and they're all very good and very different 
Oh, why doesn't somebody Madness. just like force their album into my iTunes library so that everybody gets it? Oh no, that happened. Oh yeah, that actually <laughs> happened, and it was shit. <laughs> Would be okay. It was a good album, but it wasn't yeah. one of their best, was it? From no. you two, wasn't at all. No, us as well. Um, right, we've got some choices to make. Nine songs this week. We have to try and pick a one winner, hmm. but with that comes some contenders as well, because you know there is worthy runners up this week. I think, but I'm I'm glad you get to go first. As we always do oh. this, because hmm. what you do might depend on what I do tactically. Hmm. Right. Oh. <laughs> Are you stuck on the same two I am? I don't know. I th- am, I, am I on a five? I think. Hold on. I'm on, I'm on a, I am on a. F- I am on a five. Oh right. Okay. In fifth place, I think I can safely say it's Amy Stott, Misfit. <laughs> Fourth place, I'm going to say Danny Minogue, Don't Want to Lose This Feeling. Third place, yeah, third place, it's going to be Electric Six Gay Bar. And then now it's a fight between Evanescence and Christina Aguilera. Okay. Uh, 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 both actually really powerful tunes. Yeah. There's definitely a vibe there, isn't there? And a story within them. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep, yeah, I think this is okay. Christina Aguilera is going to be number two. Makes me that much stronger. Makes me work a little bit Since Bring Me to Life is my episode winner this week. Okay. I don't know why I've got so decisive there at the end. Mm. It just seemed to click there, didn't it? It just seemed to click at the end. My, my head here, my head heard billions, and then to think that they've come so far with so little singles yeah then actually there's something there is something pretty special about that track yeah they're a really unique band too I think there's a whole background of them being like a Christian rock band and then they've over the years tried to kind of really shed that part of themselves and be like nah that's not cool man like we're just a, like a band don't label us with that thing yeah but yeah it's like uh, Mumford's and Sons get away with it but actually all of their songs are about God you just don't notice because you think mm, it's about love mm. but that is that's the eternal that's the most important love of all isn't it God yeah Mm-hmm. Apparently, uh, so you've gone with Evanescence. Cool. What about you? I I'm going to go with a four. Oh, four. Christina Aguilera. Oh, Fighter. and fourth. Yeah, right. Fourth. Wow. Third, I'm going Amy Stutt. Misfit. Oh wow. Bigger than Christina Aguilera. Fighter. Not bigger. Just mm. I like it more. Okay. And this is where it's tricky. This is where it's really tricky. Do I go for the massive, powerful behemoth of like genre-defying, new metal label-breaking wonder of Evanescence, or just the like silly Abraham Lincoln with his kecks on? It's <laughs> a really weird bar. way to describe Danny Minogue. <laughs> <laughs> I know she's got a lovely big hat, lovely big yeah. hat these days, isn't she, Danny? With a lovely beard. Um, oh, it's tricky. Because you've gone Evanescence, I'm so tempted to go Electric Six, just to give them the representation. But I think I've been making a mistake. Two Electric Six, gay bar. I wanna take you to a gay bar, gay bar, gay bar. 
and number one, Evanescence, Bring Me to Life. Wow. Yeah. So, we've both got the same choice to make, but we both have different criteria for making our choices sometimes, yeah. so not necessarily going to be the same conversation had here, but you're going to go first, Scott. You've got Girls Aloud, Sound of the Underground, versus Evanescence, Bring Me to Life, Drone. We really need to give our hats off to these two debuts, yeah. don't we? Because these are two major debuts. Yeah. I do love Evanescence vibes. That's kind of a part of my life that was massive I loved all of that heavy stuff I didn't like Girls Aloud at the time because it was Girls Aloud and it was mm. reality TV and it was pop mm. and I think that for me, do you know what for me to fight against something so much in my head and be stubborn because you're like you can't like Girls Aloud that's ridiculous and then to be sucked in and to become a major Girls Aloud fan is probably a massive deal probably from that one song to be honest Whereas I didn't get that from Evanescence. Can you remember any of our Evanescence tracks? My Immortal. Oh yeah, I like that too. Mm. Um, oh. No, 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 It's two things. <laughs> it's UKG meets surf guitar. Girls Aloud stays on. Evanescence is just kind of one thing. <laughs> and actually I think on reflection... Maybe the his her things a little bit cheesy, her than I made out when we talked about it earlier. Oh, I don't know. <clears throat> but you got as far as doing the hum test. I did the hum and test. Normally, it's like in football now. Like if if the referee goes to look at the VAR screen, normally gives a penalty. Normally, if you do the hum test, right, you change. But I don't yeah. know. Am I am I right? This is difficult. Shall I reopen the drone? Mm, I don't know. No. <laughs> This is <laughs> the way. You, sorry, the way you said no, there was like a childish, like no. Yeah, I feel really childish about the whole situation. <laughs> it is. Is this is this the tightest competition that we've seen for girls allowed so far? Mm. In terms of global impact, which you always kind of factor in. Yeah, the global impact of this. There wouldn't be. Do you know? If, so, say for example, we've never heard Evanescence, mm. and they walk on the top of the pops, and you look at them. There's no surprise as to what comes out of the instruments mm. or the mouth. Yeah, you kind of know where it's going. Mm. Whereas. These five girls have just won a singing contest. They walk on the top of the pops to debut their track. There's a massive element of surprise there. Yeah. And you're like, what the hell is that? That is not what we expect. Girls, I'd stay on. Yeah, no need for a second drum. Okay. Even though it's 12 <laughs> hours later and we've missed our tea. I might put one in anyway, just because was, <laughs> there was enough discourse to put one in. Okay, right, so okay. you've stayed with yours. Evanescence versus Girls Aloud. Liam, mm-hmm. drone. Right, okay. First of all, I think if it was Electric Six versus Girls Aloud, it would have been... Girls Aloud next. Okay. So I've made the right choice because it isn't Evan. It isn't Girls Aloud next mm-hmm. for Evanescence. Uh, it is. A, it's a more difficult conversation to have. I think it's because it's, it's been like twelve weeks. Today will be thirteen. It's been the entire year so far. We've had Girls Aloud. Nothing's coming its way. There's been some weeks we've gone Girls Aloud next. Mm-hmm. There's been some weeks it's been a real deliberation conversation. How much are you listening to the Sound of the Underground lately? Uh, weirdly, today I've listened to it twice. Okay. And I've got I have actually analyzed it and I'm trying to think if I hadn't have listened to it today and I didn't listen to it because we were recording the podcast. I listened to it because I needed to move away from Aqua Venga Boys and um Cartoons Witch Doctor <laughs> and it was in the recently played or it was like on a little dial on the, the yeah. car to press it quickly. Um but I did yeah, I 
I do like it. And then actually, like, I stayed on their album and I listened to album tracks. Wow. Weirdly. Yeah, I could do with doing more of that, to be fair. But yeah, so obviously last week we spoke to Grove, who did mm-hmm. the, like, amazing drum and bass, like, sort of more leaning towards the drum and bassness of it. Yeah. Because they had noticed just how drum and bassy it was and how much it was worth, you know, enhancing those bits and putting their own spin on it. Yeah. So obviously from editing that podcast and hearing that new version of the song and, he, and comparing it with the old version of the song it's been like fresh in my mind the new version from Grove is brilliant by the way the original it's it's fr- very fresh in my mind it's the first time I heard it for a little while and I just remembered how brilliant it was I came back from recording the podcast here last week and I, I listened to it again and I was just listening for certain things and hearing certain things and you're always finding new things about it always always find new things about it I don't think I'm hearing new things with Evanescence when I'm listening to it I think it's it's all kind of laid out in front of you and it's as you say it's not surprising it, it, is, it is just great it's, but it's, it's not it's surprising it's brilliant yeah. it's not surprising whereas Sound of the Underground is really surprising and they stay on But it's tough. The year was 2024. (laughs) (laughs) It's heading that way. Well, yeah. It's heading that way. Although although next week, fast food rockers, just saying. Oh, I almost, um, I was going to swipe my phone there and have a look at the spreadsheet and see what we've got. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, So we both stayed as we are. Um, Have you listening at home? I know it's currently uh, Girls Loud that are the series winner for the listener's choice. It's no good advice currently, um, which dethroned Mystique Scandalous, who'd been yeah. there for a little while. Uh-huh. So is it going to be Girls Loud that stays on for the rest of that? Maybe this week it changes. I think it depends on what fan base finds it. Like Evanescence, the new metal scene, mm-hmm. they might find it. And, they, could, they could really yeah. get engaged. Mm-hmm. They could be really get engaged. But I think they're, they're more than just a new metal band. I think you, you haven't got to like new metal to love Bring Me to Life. No. No. Mm, huge. No, absolutely. Maybe we've made the, no, I don't know. Anyway, uh, so if you've got uh, anything to say about it, anyone, any, any things you want to add to the conversation, please do. We always welcome it. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Twitter, while it's still a thing, it currently, at time of recording, still is a thing. <laughs> uh, but we don't know for how much longer that'll be. Uh, TNN Pod for that. Hello at tnnpod.co.uk for your emails and voice notes. And next week, it's the final episode of the year and the midway point of 2003. We'll send you away with some summery treats to keep you warm this winter from Wayne Wonder ah. and Ashanti. Ooh. And if the word rock excites you, you're in for a shock. Metallica's flop era gets underway. Jennifer Ellison's solo career kicks off in an interesting fashion. And the fast food rockers, well, it does speak for itself. Yeah.